I'm telling you this, pastors, if you will, come and pray right now while these are on the altar. But I'm telling you this. I saw this in the Spirit this week before I ever even got here. I saw this in the Spirit before we ever even got here. I knew this morning that this is what the Lord was wanting to do. So much so that even my message, as I was preparing for it, the Lord told me, He said, this is what I want you to preach. He said, he said but don't be surprised if, it don't, if you feel like you're not going to be able to preach. He said, because I'm going to show what it looks like first, and then I want you to talk about it behind it. I'm telling you. I saw this in the Spirit before we ever even arrived here. Simple obedience unlocking the powerful presence of God. Watch this, the magnifying presence of God. God that shows you how big He is. Hallelujah. God that shows up and shows you that your situation ain't as big as you thought it is. That your, your problem, your condition, your health problem, your financial condition, your marriage, your relationships, ain't none of it. it hold in, in size or comparison to the magnitude of, of the powerful God that we serve. And today what God is doing is He is showing up and He is showing people He is alive and He is well. Some of you have believed the lie that God is dead. Let me tell you something. God is not dead. He's very well alive. He's just a gentleman and He won't kick the door down. Come on. He won't kick the door down on the church. we got to invite Him in. Revelation says that He's, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He is waiting on someone to get the door. Woo! Yay! You may not be okay with this kind of church. Let me tell you something. That's fine. But your 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 inability to to want this does not change the direction of it. Because let me tell you something, what people need is people need a church where God is alive. People, Come on, people scared of tongues, people scared of laying hands on, people scared of watching devils get cast out. I don't know about you, but in my Bible that I read, it tells me this is the church that he built. This is the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. A church that is not driven on programs, but is driven on his presence. A place where God is very much alive. Mm. Jesus. You know why most churches have problems with services like this? I'll tell you why. Because they can't control it. And man don't get the glory for it. When 40 people get saved, no preacher gets to say, well, I was preaching this morning, 40 people gave their heart to the Lord. Listen to me, you can't save nobody. The Bible says no man comes unless the Spirit draws him. Mm. The Lord took me to this scripture on Thursday. Watch this. I'm going to help some of y'all out. 
First-time visitors, you're here this morning. Welcome to Dominion Church, where God is very much alive. It's the reason why more chairs have to be pulled out every single time we gather. Why? It's not because the worship team is incredible. It's not because the preacher is a wonderful preacher. It's because God is here. But the Lord told me, he said, I want you to have 1 Corinthians 14 and 22 in your heart this week as you go into Sunday service. And now I see why. Because I want to read this to you. It says that tongues then are a sign. Somebody say tongues are a sign. Oh, that's funny because some of y'all read that tongues have ceased. But anyways, this is New Testament. We're going to continue on. Tongues then are a sign. Let me tell you something about this preacher. I ain't scared. I didn't show up here to make friends. I showed up here to make disciples. I didn't want, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't care if you don't like this kind of preaching. I don't care if you don't like the way this makes you feel. The problem is in the churches, we got too much junk in it as it is and not enough Bible. Watch. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you this morning. Tongues then are for a sign, not for believers, but for, watch. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. Let's go on. We're going to go all the way up to verse, uh, verse 25 eventually. So if the whole church comes together and everyone is speaking in tongues and choirs or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your mind? Yeah, yeah, they will. When you go into church and everyone's speaking in tongues, it's tongues and people will be like, these people are crazy. Watch, watch. I'm going to teach you things decently and in order though. Go to the next verse. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and they are brought under judgment by all. Now watch this. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Pull up. I'm telling you, you can't orchestrate this kind of stuff. Pull up my sermon title this morning. How do you know where God is? Because God is alive, but watch this, there's signs that God is there. Some of you, how do, the, how do people know that you're home? They drive by, your car's there. They drive by, they see a light on. Come on somebody, they drive by. They know that you're there because you are leaving elements of your presence where people can see it. Let me tell you the problem in the churches. The reason why people think church is dead is because there ain't no sign that God's home. And I'm just going to speak candid. I'm going to speak fluently because when services flow like this, and even in the case where there's, there's word of knowledge, where people can know things that are going to happen before they happen, that's how, let me tell you straight, I'll, I'll shoot this one out online. Literally, Dominion Church, even at times, has been, has been, has been accused of orchestrating. They said it was staged. Because what people cannot reciprocate, they will attack. God is here, and when God is here and God shows up, God has his way. I want to show you something. Come on, let's go. Let's go on a little journey. Stay. If you on the altar, stay right where you are. We were on vacation this last week. This is where all this started. I know y'all think I'm on vacation and Jesus quits talking to me or something while I'm on vacation. 
But we were on vacation this last week, and we went to Pensacola, Florida, and while we were there, Jamie wanted to go up to New Orleans and ride because we had never been there, and we were within a couple hours' drive. We said, hey, let's ride to New Orleans. We'll go up, spend a day there. Let me tell you all something. I didn't lose anything in New Orleans. I ain't going back for it. Amen? But I just wanted to see it. I just wanted to see it. I wanted to ride down and see what Sodom and Gomorrah looks like. Good thing I didn't get frozen like salt while I was there. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. But while we were there, it's a really cool city, and it's rich with a lot of history, and I'm kind of a history bluff. But while we were there, we came across this place. Can y'all show the picture of me and Kai? So a lot of y'all, I threw you for a loop. I said we was at Walt Disney World, and people said, oh, have fun. We weren't at Walt Disney World, y'all. I just do that, throw haters for a loop, make them wonder where I really be sometimes. But that's St. Louis Cathedral. And we were outside, it's in Jackson Square in New Orleans, and then we went inside, show them inside. And we went inside this magnificent cathedral, absolutely beautiful, breathtaking, and stunning. Y'all hold on with me, we're going somewhere, and all this is going to fit together like a glove in just a second, and you're going to see. But if y'all can, show the video. So we step into this cathedral, and we're there, and while we're there for 30 30 minutes roughly, there is a steady stream of people that are coming in and they're just sitting and they're just praying and they're just sitting and they're just praying and people are just showing up and they're just sitting there. Some of them are just sitting there. There's elderly ladies and they're kneeling and this is where Sunday started. In this moment right here after taking this video, the Lord spoke to me. As I pondered and seen all these people coming, And some would just come and sit in this large space. Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said this. People are looking for a place to find me. In that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit begin to pull the hearts, the strings of my heart. Because what I realized is that part of our job at Dominion Church is to be that place. We are to be a place where people can stream through the doors. And when they come in, 1 Corinthians 14 just told us that when there's tongues and there's prophecy, when the Spirit of God is heightened, when there's a saturating, there's people weeping, there's people laying on the altar. God is saying, this is a place where I am. This is a place where I can be found. And it's our job as a church to cultivate an atmosphere where people can come in and they can say, God is here. God is here. God is here. God is here. Ephesians 2 and 19. I'm just going to teach right through this moment. Worship team, Brooke, stay behind me. Worship team, y'all can be seated. Ephesians 2 and 19, though. Just leave the atmosphere just like it is. Don't change nothing. Ephesians 2 and 19 says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Somebody say, you belong here. here. (laughs) With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Come on, somebody. God is building a home, and he's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Somebody say, he's using you. 
fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone that holds all the parts together. And we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us are built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. A place where God is. I want you to understand something from Ephesians We've discovered that it's in this moment right here that it's in this verse that we find who and what God is using to build a place where he can be. Can I encourage you this morning? I walked in that huge cathedral, massive cathedral. Watch this. The presence of God was not there. Hold on before you get mad and turn up your nose. But I knelt down and I began to pray. And as I did, I felt the subtle rush of the Spirit of God settle on me. Why? Because God is not building a place. God is building a people. I'm going to rub some religious folk really wrong right here in this moment. I've encountered the Spirit of God just as convicting in bar rooms as I have on altars. I've talked and seen God show up in drug houses and crack houses just as much as I have what we call God's house. I've sat down across the table of drug dealers with ounces of weed sitting on their table and begin to share with them about the love of God, about the power of God, about the presence of God. And I have watched the Spirit of God soften their heart where they can see that God will show up where you are when you need Him as long as you're open to Him. Because we discover that God is not looking for a place. God is looking for a people that say, we are open to you, God. We want you. You're all we want. You're all we need. That's what I love about coming here. It's not because God is here. It's because there are people that show up here that think the way I think, that feel the way I feel, and have faith like I've got faith. And when we come together, all of a sudden, your faith, my faith, begins to rub together and begins to rub and cause friction in the spirit. And all of a sudden, the fire of God shows up. Because there's people that come here and they say, I just really want to encounter God. Is God real? I want to be a part of church, a part of a church that says, come and see. Is God real? Come and see. Does God still heal blind eyes and cause lame to walk? And does he heal cancer? Come and see. Does God still deliver? Does God still set free? Does God still shatter the chains of addiction? Come and see. But we gotta be a people, watch this, that remain open to allowing God to saturate us with his presence. God wants to settle on us. Watch this, not just here, but the spirit of God wants to settle on you in your homes. He wants to settle on you in your fam- with your families. He wants to settle on you in your job. You didn't get that job just to put food on your table. God gave you that job so you can be a light so that you can be a city set upon a hill, so that you can shine the name of Jesus wherever you go and whoever he puts in your contact. 
the place where God is. I'll tell you where God is. God should be wherever you are. And if you don't think God will go there with you, then you ain't got no business being there. Come on, somebody. Mm. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I'm going to be quick. I'm gonna, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to wrap up. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Somebody say, he's in me. Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Matthew 18 and 20 says this. It says, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. A place where God is. I'll tell you where God is. God is in a place where people come and they come together under his name. Can I tell you something? That's why you got to be careful what kind of assembly you just gather in. Oh, come on, somebody. See, we, we come together under the name of dominion, and guess what? All you'll have is dominion. You come together under the name of Kyle Meyer, all you'll have is Kyle Meyer. But if you'll come together under the name of Jesus, Jesus will show up, and Jesus will do what only Jesus. He said, if any two gather together in my name, there I will be with them. It's amazing to me that in 1 Corinthians 14 we find that as the Spirit of God is moving, the Bible says that unbelievers would say, for surely God is among you. Can I tell you something? It's easy to just get together and say we're having church and we can play church and we can sing a couple songs and I can preach a three-point sermon. That's easy. But it's Warfare, to be on the front lines of a movement that's saying we don't want, come on, we don't want three songs and three-point three sermons. We, we don't, it's not that we even want a move of God. We need a move of God. We are desperate for a move of God. You're all you, we want. You're all we need. God, we're hungry for you. God, you're everything to us. God, if you don't show up, I don't want to be here. And it's amazing what has happened in this church as we begin to step into a constant swirling of the Spirit. It's almost consistently every week that we would gather that the presence of God would show up. But can I tell you something? When God shows up, He does not show up just to dance across the dance floor. He shows up on purpose. He shows up with power. He shows up to change lives. He shows up to empower. And what we receive here becomes a fueling station for a world that is wanting to suck you dry. What you receive here is an empowerment for a world that is trying to wear you weak. What you receive here is a renewing of the mind. So when you get around negative Nancys and pouting Pollys, you can say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Can I tell you something? Since the beginning of time, it was about a place for God and man to meet. That's all God ever wanted. All God ever wanted. All God ever wanted. He said, I'm going to create a garden. I'm going to create a space 
that cannot be infringed upon. I'm going to create a space where man can, can meet with me there. And the Bible says that God came every day. He would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. He would come. He'd fellowship with him. He'd come. He would speak with him. He would come, share his heart with him. He would come and take Adam under his arms like a son and speak into him. And he would, he would share things with Adam. Can you not see it was a prophetic picture of what God has wanted with you all along? All God's ever wanted was a place where he could meet with you. And man messed it up. Sin crept in and separated them from the garden. And when, when sin crept in and they were separated in their sin from God, it was more of a protection than anything. People think it's punishment. It was protection because if God would have left them there, they would have been in an eternal state of death. Oh, y'all, see, you didn't catch that. See, the garden was an eternal place. The, the tree of life was in that garden. Watch this. If they would have ate of it and stayed there, they would have stayed in an eternal state of death. But God had to remove them out of promise rather than punishment so that he could provide for them. God said, okay, I'm going to circle around. And then all of a sudden we find out that Jesus shows up on the scene and he becomes the bridge. Watch this. God comes down again and he's walking in the cool of the day. He's sharing his heart with people. He's telling them, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is who you are. This is what I want to do with you. And all of a sudden, this time, man couldn't screw it up because man wasn't in it. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. And he came down and built a bridge called the cross of Calvary and every single one of us that have received him have, have earned the right to cry Abba Father we've been reconciled unto God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus washed away every sin every judgment every every word that was ever said against you and when you got saved you got saved saved nothing could ever separate you from his love nothing could ever snatch you out of his hand again when God called you and sealed you with redemption and gave you the promise of the Holy Spirit it was an engagement ring to say I'm coming back for you because all he's ever wanted all along was to meet. I can think countless times through scripture it was the garden, it was the mountain, Mount Sinai, that Moses would crawl up and he would get to. And the Bible said that the fire of God ascended atop Mount Sinai and there it dwelled. And Moses would go, he'd receive the Ten Commandments, and all Moses would cry the whole time while he was there was, God, show me your glory. God wanting to meet with man. And again, we would see it with Abram or Abraham as he would go and he would take his young son, Isaac, and they would get on the donkey and they would begin to travel to a mountain that they were, as the Bible said, they were going yonder to worship. And when they got to that mountain, they got off the donkey, they began to walk. And there Abraham was carrying not just, uh, not just stuff for a fire, not just stuff for a sacrifice, but he was carrying the hand of his son. And his son looked at him. He said, Daddy, he said, I see the wood. I see the altar. But where's the sacrifice? And Abraham looked at him. He said, Son, God will provide. And high on that mountain, Abraham laid down in obedience his son Isaac on the altar and the Bible says that as the blade of his knife came to touch the chest of Isaac the arm of the angel of the Lord stopped him and said whoa and there behold stood a ram and God again met with man 
we would see it countless times through Scripture where God would prove that all he wants to do is spend time with us. That he really does love you. That he really is for you. That you really haven't done anything so bad that God said he's done with you. All God has been longing for is a place where he can meet with you. All God has been longing for is a people that say yes to him, yes to his will, yes to his way, yes to his presence, yes to his word, yes to everything he wants to do in our life. Let me help you. You want, your, you want a better marriage? Get God in it. You want, you want to be a better daddy? You want to be a better mama? Get God in your parents. And you want your kids to get better? Introduce them to Jesus. Because where God is, it's a supernatural flow of the blessings of God, a supernatural flow of the goodness of God. But I want to show you in Scripture, I want to show you a couple things. We're going to go to Genesis 32 quickly i got to be quick. I know I told y'all 10 minutes and I lied. Y'all should know better now. Most lionest preacher you ever met. Genesis 32 and verse 22. <laughs> I just like, I'm like Bishop TDJs. I'd be like, get ready, get ready, get ready. And I told y'all get ready three times, so that means I can at least close three times. <laughs> Genesis 32, this is something the Lord showed me in the scripture. I just want to share it with you and then we'll all go home and we'll take God with us. Talking about Jacob. Jacob is in a season of transition. But God's about to show up. And he arose. And that night, and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabuk. And he took them and sent them over the brook, and he sent over what he had. And then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. This is the part I want you to catch. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you asked my name? And he said, and he blessed him there. Next verse. So Jacob called the name of that place Penal, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And just as he crossed over Penal, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. The Bible says that Jacob was alone. I want you to understand something. I just want to talk to you about a place where God is. The Bible said that Jacob was alone. Can I tell you that we find that God said it is not good for man to be alone. And I need to speak to the person this morning that is chasing God this morning, but you feel alone. 
Maybe the reason why you're running alone is because those that were with you could not go to where you're going. I need to speak to the person that is alone this morning and you've wondered and you've cried to God and you asked him why you are alone. Can I propose to you this morning that maybe it's because of the ones that were with you would have dragged you down and dragged you back and held you down and held you back. Maybe the reason why you are alone is because loneliness is a candidate for the movement of God in your life. Maybe God had to get rid of everybody and anything that would hold you back from him. Notice this, notice this, notice this. It wasn't until Jacob was alone that God showed up. I moved 725 miles to be here. And when I moved here, I knew nobody. I came from a place where I could pick up the phone and I could call the tow truck driver who would be my buddy and he would tow my vehicles for free. I came from a place that I, 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 was, I was best friends with a lot of people that own businesses and anything I needed, if I needed it, I could get it. I came from a place that if I needed any kind of resources, I could get it. And God had to remove, watch this, God had to remove everybody and every dependency in my life and put me in a place in a bonus room in a frog above a garage in Sumter on South 15th Street so that he could begin to show me who he was. Watch this. God had to strip away everybody and anything that I knew so that I could find out who he was. I need to talk this morning to somebody that's alone. And I'm telling you that maybe your loneliness is the key in the door for a place where God is. Some of the greatest candidates for the garden encounters are often people that are smack dab in a season of loneliness. Your whole life, you've been fearful of being alone, but can I tell you that it wasn't until Jacob got alone that God said, okay, now I can do something with him. I can show up now. I can move in his life. I can do something in his life because it's just me and him. The Bible says that Jacob wrestled with God. I want to just share this point with you, encourage you, if you're taking notes, write this down. That the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with God. I want, to, I, w- I want you to catch this. Just because God is in a place doesn't mean there isn't resistance in it. Some of you, what you, what you have done is you have looked for ease to say that that's where God is. Mm. But I came to propose to you that in this kingdom, it's actually quite the contrary. That it's where it's the hardest. That where it's the heaviest. That where it's... The, the, the uneasiest place, that is typically where God shows up. The Bible said that Jacob was in a wrestling match. Can you imagine the exhaustion that would come from wrestling? Can you imagine the heavy breath and breathing? But yet some of you want to quit and walk away from God just because you didn't get the job that you thought you were going to get. Just because, Come on, somebody. Just because things didn't go your way, all of a sudden now you think God isn't in it. Maybe the wrestling is the absolute identifier that God is in it. Maybe the reason, because it's hard and because it's heavy. See, this ain't popular preaching. Because a lot of us have believed into the lie that when you became a Christian, you got saved, everything got easy. Let me tell you something. Nothing got easier when you got saved except for your eternity. We think because it's hard and we think because it's heavy, it's like, I don't know, I just feel like maybe the Lord's moving me. I just don't know if I'm supposed to do this anymore. Really? 
Tell that to the Apostle Paul. Hey, Apostle Paul, you're saved now. You had an incredible encounter with the Lord. We just want you to go back to Jerusalem. Just write books for a living, bro. We're going to serve you bread and sweet tea. We'll just all go and do what you want us to do. We'll be who you want us to be. We'll just serve you. We'll fan you with fans when it's hot. Come on, somebody. Jacob found out that it was the wrestling that identified that maybe he was in the midst of a meeting with God. And I just really need to talk candid to somebody this morning that you're here and you're in a wrestling match for your life. You're in a wrestling match for your marriage. You're in a wrestling match for your home. You're in a wrestling match for your destiny, your ministry. You feel like you're tossing and turning, tossing and turning. Can I tell you, maybe the reason why you're wrestling is because it's the very place where God is showing up. It's the very confirmation that God is about to bless you. Mm. It's amazing to me that while they're in this wrestling match, the Bible says that God reaches over and he touches the hip of Jacob. And his hip goes out of socket. And a man that walked one way, watch this. Now in this season, he'll walk different. Can I tell you something? How do you know where God is? Because you'll walk in one way, but you'll walk out differently. Oh. Some of you are despising the touching of your hip, but the touching of your hip is your testimony. It'll speak every time you take a step. You maybe had to walk through some things. You maybe had to go through some things, but every time you lived, it'll be a reminder of the time that God saw you through. Every time you step, it'll be talking about the goodness of my God. It'll be talking about the faithfulness of God. Every time you step, it will do the talking for you. Some of you are despising the touching of your hip, but God said you don't understand. you got to walk out of this thing different. How do you know God's there? How do you know God's in a church? I'll tell you how. Because you don't get to walk in one way and leave the same way. Some of y'all got your hip touched this morning. Come on. Can I go old school on you this morning? Come on, where's the services that we come in and we lay our cigarettes on the altar and we leave? We came in a smoker, but we leave here with fresh love. Come on, somebody. Addicted to pornography, come on. Vaping, come on. Lying, stealing, killing, cheating, whatever. Where is the place that we come and when we come in, we leave differently? Some of you... You're despising the wrestling. Do you understand the only reason why Jacob wrestled with God is because he was resisting him? Maybe your wrestling is not the stubbornness of God, but rather your own disobedience. Woo! Maybe it's so hard and maybe it's so heavy because all God is asking you to do is submit. When Jacob met with God, not only did he walk differently, he got a name change. (laughs) See, so many of us, we want a garden encounter so he can change our circumstance. But what happens when the encounter doesn't change your circumstance but changes you? 
How do you know where God is? It's not because your circumstance gets better. It's because he refuses you from getting bitter. See, and some of y'all been praying and saying, God, show up. God, do this. God, I need you to move in my life. But how are you going to deal with it when God shows up and he doesn't fix your circumstance, but he changes who you are? What happens when you wanted to walk through this thing as Jacob, but now he says, now I'm about to change your name. Now you're going to be Israel. I was going to, see, we all want God to leave us the way he found us and then change everything around us. But see, God said, if I'm really going to show up, I'm not only going to change some things, I'm going to change you. You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. And matter of fact, when they call you by your old name, you won't answer there anymore. You might as well tell the enemy, if he's got anything against you, send it to your old address because you don't live there anymore. Watch, watch, watch. Revelation 2 and 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on that stone a new name written on it, which no one knows except him who receives it. The old song, there's a new name written down in glory for me. And it's mine, and it's mine, and it's mine. Stand with me all over this house. Do you have your new name because when you truly meet with God watch this your meeting with God will not be absent of resistance but if you'll hold on and you'll hold out there's a blessing that will come from the pressing but you're gonna walk out of it different and sometimes when you want God to change your circumstance what you'll find out is God really is just trying to change you Can I help some people really quick? Some of y'all been trying to pray some people out of your life. You've been blaming the devil for sending them. But the Bible I read says that iron sharpens iron. Watch this. Resistance brings more sharpening. Some of you are saying, God, get them out of my life. And God's saying, no, they're there on assignment. Thrice, the apostle Paul said. Three times I prayed that he would remove this thorn from me. But he answered and said, my grace is sufficient for you. Some of you have been asking God to get it out of your life, get it away from your life. And God's saying, no, I'm going to allow it to stay. I'm going to allow them to stay because they are creating the resistance for the wrestling that's coming for the blessing that I'm trying to put on your life. Verse 30 and 31 says this go to verse 30 I'll go there if y'all can He said this, so Jacob called the name, place, Penel. He said, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penel, the sun rose up on him, and he limped on his hip. I want you to catch this part. Ready? Where God was, there was preservation of his life. Watch this. How do you know God is in a place? Because people get saved. Come on. Church, we can't ever lose the mission. Powerful services are great. 
Holy Ghost hucking and bucking and jumping tongue talking, prophesying and slapping devils is a wonderful time. But let me tell you something. The MO of the, uh, of the mission, the, the object of what we have been called to do, and not the great suggestion, but the great commission has been that we would go, we would preach the gospel, that we would see people saved. Watch this, that we would see lives preserved. How do you know God is in a place? Watch, God doesn't show up just to say, hey, look, I'm God. God shows up because he cares about those that he is in front of, and he is wooing them to himself. When God is in a place, it's not about as much as what you encounter as it is how you leave. My heart has been this week that as I toured the grand halls of St. Louis Cathedral, God, let me go back to that little church in Darlington, South Carolina. And God, let me see a people that are hungry for you and your presence. God, we don't need a big cathedral. God, we don't need stained glass windows. God, we don't need fancy lights and we don't need the best facility and we don't, we don't even need a, 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 a shiny things. God, all we need is you. God, give me a people that are hungry for you. I used to say something when I was a young evangelist and traveling and I would go into churches that there would be maybe 13 people in service. I would say, I would rather have 15 in a shack by the railroad tracks that know how to serve God than a cathedral of 300 that don't know his name. And now what I'm seeing is God raising up in this place a mighty 300 of people that just love God and are, are sincere about God and want God to live in them. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over this place. It's 12-12. You're going to almost beat the Baptist to the buffet. So hold on with me one second. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'd be a fool to stand before you today. And talk about a place where God is and not let you realize that that place where God is and where he's wanting it to be is right inside of you. He's not looking to build himself a temple that he can live in with the hands of man. He's looking to live inside of you. And it's amazing to me that as we take this journey along the steps of Jacob, we find that it's there in that place that through the wrestling, that through the warfare, that through the difficulty, that through the resistance, that through the loneliness, God shows up in such a powerful way and he brings preservation of life and he brings blessing. Listen to me, there are people right here under the sound of my voice and you're here this morning. We've already encountered God in a powerful way. We transitioned straight out of the glory and worship and we came and we settled on this word and this word was so perfectly aligned with what God was already doing and what God was already speaking and the reason of it is is because all he cares about is you. You. I may not know what your name is today but he does. So whoever you is, you can put your name there. God has done this so that because he cares about you. Tim, John, Tina, whatever your name is, put it in the you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here.